would pray. I'd say, dear God, make me as cool as that floor guard or make me as cool as that DJ. And I, 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 I kid you not, you know, be careful what you ask God for. Welcome to Creating Community with Dorian and Jake, a podcast designed to bring area leaders, business owners, and other interesting people together to better our community. I'm your co-host, Jake Starkey. And I'm your other co-host, Dorian Strickland. We're the owners of 1820 Marketing and 1820 Coffee House in the heart of Alvin, Texas. Our goal with this podcast is to showcase the amazing people, businesses, and organizations we have in and around Brazoria County. So if you know someone who should be highlighted, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to let us know. Today, we are back at the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce in downtown Alvin. Emergence Functional Nutrition is one of today's sponsors, as is the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. You can learn more about them a little bit later in the show. As we grow our listenership, we would love for you to subscribe using your favorite podcast app. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is available wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen directly at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. In this episode, we're sitting down with longtime Alvin resident, firefighter, owner of Alvin Skate Party, and all-around entrepreneur, Scott Salter. Welcome to the show, Scott. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So we were making a list, and I was like, I, I, there's what more. Do do? What do we add? But I was wondering myself what you might <laughs> yes, say. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Alvin Skate and Party, because I think that's what a lot of people know in Alvin. You do a lot of work outside, but in Alvin, you started at Alvin Skate and Party now. You're relatively young. I'm 31. Yes. Yes. Okay. He wasn't asking right. for an age, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Relatively young, but you kind of, I think I've heard you say you kind of grew up there. Your, your mom and stepdad started it. Kind of tell us a little bit of history of that place. Cause I remember going up years ago, like being built and stuff. Yeah. So my mother, Clarence Salter, she is a state farm agent in town, been there 34 years and so that is really where I got my foundation was uh, sitting in the back room at State Farm, shredding papers, uh, watching uh, nice. my mother work the room and being a, a wonderful advocate for people and their needs. My stepfather was a contractor. So years and years of them taking me on Friday night to the nearest skating rink and dropping us off with our friends led to them going, you know what, Alvin just doesn't have anything like that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's open a skating rink. Now, that process started when I was in fourth grade and we didn't actually open until I was a freshman in high school. So wow. you know, four years, four and a half years, wow. uh, you know, a lot goes into a big, big operation like that, purchasing land, finding financing, engineering, you know, and it took a long time. And uh, so we opened right about the time I was a freshman in high school, uh, 15 years old, I guess. And, uh, from there, yeah, I've been there since day one and obviously lots of other ventures, but yes, many weekends over the last almost 18 years right. of uh, doing that. So you enjoyed skating when you were a kid? And Absolutely. Absolutely. So are you, I don't want to say you're a driving force behind it, but was it them dropping you off every Friday that said, hey, we should probably do this so we don't have to drive so far? Or was there something think, else behind uh, it? My, my stepdad always said it was me skating in the driveway with my friends. We, we were oh. always rollerblading up and down the street. Yeah. And he said that that was what kind of always made him go, you know what, we could do this because my mother being well-connected in the community and having a business background, but my stepfather having that general contracting background, we might be able to save some cost and the build out and things right. like that. Yeah. And uh, that's what kind of led to it. Now, I'll tell you a, a little funny story. When I was a little kid, I used to go to this, the, the closest skating rink and I would see the floor guard and the DJ 
And man, I love trying to get a girl to skate with me and hold my hand and get out there and do that song. And I tell you, no girl would give me the time of day. Nobody would, nobody likes Scott, I guess, whatever. So, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I would go home after spending a Friday evening at the skating rink and I would pray. I would pray. I'd say, dear God, make me as cool as that floor guard or make me as cool as that DJ. And I, 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 I kid you not, you know, be careful what you ask God for, because now almost 20 years later, here I am, the cool guy at the skating rink. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I give up a lot of weekends, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's it, it, a lot of birthday parties, a lot of happy children. Yeah. And and now we're at the point where we're officially hiring employees that had their birthday here oh, in wow. those first few oh, years. Wow. So we have two or three staff members that had their eight, nine, tenth year old birthday with us. So that's really exciting that we have those pictures yeah. and then we now they're our employee of the month or managers and that's stuff like awesome. that, which yeah, is that's really kinda cool. cool. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that you were in the driveway on rollerblades. So let's talk about the difference between rollerblades and skates that you typically find at a skate rink. So so Quad skating, your standard two-wheel, two-wheel combination, which is your traditional roller skate. I love those the most now. You know, I did I did start on inlines, uh, but I love the classic roller skate for sure. And that's what you will find at most skating rinks in America. We do rent inlines. We have a lot less of them. Um, and personally, if we could only have one, I would only have the classic roller skate just because sure. it's, it's cool. You know, just that classic ambiance of, uh, of skating, which over the years has come up and down in terms yeah. of popularity but post-covid uh roller skating has seen an, an absolute skyrocket to popularity because i think it's a it's a happy medium it's something that you can do outside but in terms of activity in a social setting you're not right next to people you're not at an amusement park with a hundred thousand people sure. but yet you're still around other people at some distance in yeah. a larger building so i think that's part of the reason and uh skating rinks. I, I have friends that own skating rinks all over America and we have all seen a huge uptick in business post COVID. Do you think there's a little bit of nostalgia to it? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, you know, TikTok brought, brought it back a little bit, just that classic right. fun jam, you know, but I, I really think that, uh, roller skating is just a time honored tradition. It's well over a hundred years old in our country. Sure. And, uh, it's just something Wait, that a hundred years old. Oh, it's more than that. Probably pushing almost 150 years to back in the day. So, so some of the oldest members of our community have told me how the, the train car would stop at Frobergs or Stanton's to unload. But once a year, the, the old puzzle piece roller rink where they would set up a giant circus tent and the, the, the skating rink floor yeah. would be in 10 foot pieces and they would set it down and then everyone would come and spend the weekend kind of like our local wow. festivals and stuff. Wow. Yeah. And that was something you saw all over anywhere a major railroad, a railroad would, would go. You would see that huh. across America. Have yeah. you been able to find any photos of any of that that's absolutely, happening? Absolutely, yeah. we have we have some of those, and there are still a few in existence that will pop up from time to time. But but remember, back in the day, uh, skating was something that a higher income household would do. Gotcha. Because back in the day, and I mean when I say back in the day, I mean a hundred years ago, you had two pairs of shoes. You had a you had a day to day <laughs> shoe, and yeah. you had a church shoe. Like yeah. that was what you did. And gotcha. roller skates, being that they clipped onto the bottom of your I shoe, say, yeah. they would ruin your shoes. So if you were someone who could afford an additional oh, pair an additional of shoes. Pair for uh for skates you were you were a higher income household now over the years they they you know started adding boots and things like that yeah. you know so yeah. but no matter where you are in america every every skating 
rink has a culture of community around it because everyone had a birthday party. Everyone went there on Friday night. Everyone went to adult night and so on and so on. I I do remember my first pair of skates and they were those that you clip onto the bottom of shoes. Absolutely. I'm a little older than both of you and a little, yeah, just a little. Uh, So it was in the seventies and I had the clip on, they were strap on. I think that you clip on. So I remember years ago we made a, we shot a film in Lamarck, but we brought a guy from Florida over and he got into town and, you know, he had all this equipment, so he drove. And we finished our first week, and he's like, hey, where's the nearest skating rink? And I go, oh, I don't I mean, this was like 2001, you know, and I was like, I don't, there used to be Algoa. But he found it, and he loved it. Like, that was his thing. He yeah. brought his his own shoes or uh, skates, mm-hmm. and that was the thing. We got yeah. done, he, he went, and he skated I, all night. I travel a lot, and I do pack light no matter where. I I mean, I I went to Europe for three weeks and only brought a carry-on, you know, and I'll I'll just do the laundry service at the hotel. It's because I like to shove my skates in my carry-on, and I'll bring them wherever I go because I love to come as a customer and, you know, see the cost and, and the perspective from a customer. So, you know, we, we will, we frequent skating rinks all over America whenever we travel, just because we love to love to see that from a customer perspective yeah. of what they're coming to. But now with our skating rink, you know, I don't say I'm in the roller skate business. I say I'm in the experience business. We, we, we sure. teach our staff that, that we're not a roller skating rink. We're a, uh, a you know, we're a entertainment center. You know, we, we don't just have skating. We have food. We have music. We have yeah. uh, a culture. We have uh, arcades, you know, and we obviously we have events. Um, it's, it's wild. We actually had a training meeting last night with our staff and I was telling them about the good old days. Cause we've been around, you know, 17, 18 years. <laughs> and, and years ago I used to go with my stepdad or my mother to Sam's club and we would have one shopping cart and we would get one case of water with one box of chips and some toilet paper or paper towels that we would yeah. probably split with our own house and the skating <laughs> right, yeah. and, uh, and now we almost have to buy a truck because of the amount of uh, items we're getting, you know, 40 cases of water a week, you know, just, just thousands of dollars in inventory weekly compared to where we used to be. So it's cool to see the growth. Um, It really is because from an environment where we started with three or four or five employees and, and myself and my parents working now to a, to a team of 20 plus and full-time staff healthcare, you know, it's a different environment. Yeah. And there's, go ahead. I I think people would be, interested to hear because i know i know that the three of us have have had conversations i think people think there's a skating rink they built it that's it it just runs on its own but in actuality you do way more than i think probably people think you do as far as you replace the floor recently uh you just got some new tables in there so you have more space tell us a little bit about what goes into the not only the day-to-day but well, the long-term people ask me, people ask me a lot for business advice. And, uh, I can tell you now that we've been this far in the business. Part of our success is because we've officially weathered changing climates within the business world, within our own business, you know, living in the South, you know, you have to be prepared for hurricanes, right? You have to be prepared for heat waves or storms and, and just external forces for the skating rink. You know, there are many times in this 17, 18 years of existence where the community has been shut down for weeks, you know, because of uh, a snow vid freeze or, you know, not to mention COVID that's a whole nother story, but, but hurricane Ike shut us down for weeks, you know, Uh, hurricane Harvey shut us down for weeks, half of our employees flooded, you know? So those are all things externally outside of just running a business that in the South you have to be used to. And, you know, when we opened, we didn't know anything. We, we traveled to other rinks and learned some things, but you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a, a little kid that's good at skating. Uh, my parents had to, uh, 
come up with some good ideas that they could pull from neighboring skating rinks and other facilities. But you'll never see me at the skating rink passing out skates. Um, I will I will frequently visit with customers and and, and walk the floor and be actively involved in the yeah. uh, the session. But you'll never see me actively working at the rink. One, I don't think that's a testament of a successful business. Um, I think that if you have a successful business, your staff and your team is the one that is doing that frontline work, and it's your job yeah. to support them sure. and uh, the next goals. But but yeah, over our over our many years. Uh, we've had lots of setbacks, lots of challenges, you know, damage to the building, uh, you know, loss of customer base from a 2008 in the market crash. Uh, a lot of people got laid off in Houston, the, the economy and a struggle, sure, yeah. uh, obviously Hurricane Ike, Hurricane Harvey, and uh, just a, just an ever changing cli- uh, climate for your customers, because this year it may be uh, Friday night teens. It's all about it. But right now, post COVID uh, with the, with the, the raging world of TikTok. Everybody wants to skate right now. So now we have to adapt to creating an environment that the kids still feel cool, but yet we have an environment where adults can come and frequent yeah. because we're seeing an adult number crowd uh, drastically increased. And, you know, we also found that when we started, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no games on your cell phone when we opened. So, right. so things like outlet placement so that everyone can charge oh. their devices. All of those yeah. things are, are things we now have to think about in terms of Wi-Fi capability. And, and children can entertain themselves at home or with their phone. Skating rinks were popular back in the 70s, like you said, because that was what to do. Right. Yeah. You know, other than uh, occasional movie or a drive-in or something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the bowling alley and the skating rink, that was about it. Uh, so, you yeah. know, we, we have to constantly reinvent ourselves to find reasons for people to frequent yeah. us. So before Pearland Skate Party was here, was there any, sk- like, where was the closest skate rink? So I was so, in Pearland. We had two in Pearland. So I'm not sure about the second one, but Pearwood, Pearwood, Pearwood. has over 50 years in existence. Yep, I'm, I'm fantastic friends with them. Uh, he's actually a fireman. The owner there is actually a yep. fireman too. So we're close. Uh, and in Fun City out in Webster, which is about, you know, 20 miles away they're they're also uh, have a 50 plus year experience, sure. you know, so, so their population base is different, you know, than our community, our our communities, you know, 25,000. And then when you extend out a little bit, we can hit 50, 60, 70,000, sure. but, but they've got 50, 60, 70,000, you know, in a half mile radius, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and in Webster even more, but, but yeah, uh, those skating rinks have a long history also. Right. And that's, that's, and for those of you who have been to our networking breakfasts or other chamber function, I always say, I don't ever want to be that old rink. And I don't mean them. I just mean that no, old no, rink. Right. No, I've heard you say that. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's because that's the attitude when you come by, I always tell my staff one day when they move on to bigger and better things, things and they are driving by the highway, I want them to smile and go, I was there when they were doing this, this, and this, and I can't believe they're onto this now right? because uh, we don't want to be that well, hole so in the wall. How, yeah. So how do you balance that nostalgia, which we just talked about people wanting to come because it's nostalgic versus like you talked, which we'll get into, I'm sure after the break, but we'll talk about TikTok and all those kind of things that you guys are doing over there. How do you, how do you balance those where you try to get people in for the nostalgia, but you're still trying to be updated? Well, I think the base is music, uh, you know, playing brick house and, uh, you know, everybody <laughs> dancing now or play that funky music, white boy, you know, it doesn't matter what time in history you are. Those are great songs. You know, the cha-cha slide, the YMCA, those are going to get you moving no matter what. And I sure. think who can't I, dance to YMCA. Come oh, on. absolutely. The, the, the idea of skating and cool lights with good music 
That yeah. is the nostalgia right there. You know, so 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 even though the lights are LED now and not neon, oh, even yeah, though the yeah. speakers are sure. better distributed and balanced, you know, maybe newer equipment. It's, come out of the yeah, end. it's still it's still the same great music. Yeah. And I think the nostalgia really comes from smiling faces and family memories. You know, we're selling memories out there. That's what we're doing. Right. You know, and and, and when somebody comes, just like when somebody comes to your coffee house and they have that morning coffee and a good conversation. It's the same thing they did at Stanton's a hundred years ago or, you know, or Mr. Yeah. Uh, you know, George's restaurant, you know, and, and I think that, uh, that's where the nostalgia comes. So as long as you're creating a good fun environment, people will come, you know? Yeah. Real quick. Um, before we take a break, I know a couple of years ago you were the chairman of the Alvin chamber and you, in your, uh, acceptance speech might not be the right word, but in your speech, you uh, highlighted some of the things that your mom did. Well, we're going to take a break in a second, but can you reiterate a little bit of how involved your mom has been? I know that you're obviously a big, you're a proud son. Absolutely. So Absolutely. give her a shout out real quick. I'll oh, we'll no, take a break. So, so <laughs> my, my mother, Clarence Alter Clark, State Farm Insurance, you know, she's been my biggest supporter and uh, always had my back. My mother, I like to say, did not spoil me, but she never told me no, and she never told me yes. She typically would just kind of give me a half nod and an okay. And whatever I wanted to pursue, she would allow me to go, she would allow me to fail, she would allow me to succeed, and she would just be there as an active listener ready to uh, to be there either to clap in applause or pick me up if uh, uh, I fail, you know. So my mother is absolutely uh, my biggest fan and, uh, you know, my, my number one mentor. So without her, I'd have nothing. Perfect. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. And then we'll be back more with Scott Salter. Hi, this is Amy Shelton with Emergence Functional Nutrition. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you looking for a sustainable diet and lifestyle changes to get you to the place where you want to be? I invite you to book a free discovery session. Go to www.efn.fit. Hi, this is Carrie Perrin, President and CEO of the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce. Here at the Chamber, we want to support local businesses. We want to give you visibility in the community. We want to give you opportunity in the community. And for those of you that aren't business owners, we want to let you know about all our wonderful Chamber members. And if you support them, you support our community. So remember, whether you're a business or a community member, when you eat, shop, play, and support local business, you support the community. And we're back with Scott Salter. So one of the things that I've heard you say, and, and you mentioned it earlier, is that you don't want to be that old skating rink. But you also are very quick to say that you're a family entertainment center. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of skating rinks or businesses, right? Like take it out of the equation of just skating rinks, but there's a lot of businesses that say this is the way we've always done it. We're going to continue to do it. It seems to me because it's always worked for us. Yeah, you see the skating rink portion of your business as an a starter, but like you mentioned, you got games. I, I know that you brought in a bunch of different options and stuff. I think we have answers, but you give us an answer. Why is it important to pivot when you need to? Well, <laughs> COVID taught us uh, that pivoting is vital. And uh, no one knows what the future will hold, whether that be a political climate or, or a, a national uh, international pandemic. Definitely one of those things where you cannot foresee the future. You can have existing problems and uh, issues that that will repeat over time. And and we like to say history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. That in the skating rink business, as you said earlier. 
the nostalgia, yes, people will always come and skate in circles, but will they be willing to pay for the food that you offer or the games that you play? You know, I love Pac-Man and Galaga and Hydro Thunder, uh, but at the end of the day, most children don't know what those are anymore. I'm more of a Galaga 3 guy myself. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and the the kids don't know what those games are anymore, you know, but if you ask someone 20 years ago, they would say, oh, this game will be around forterever, Mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, disco, and it was a, was a, prime time for roller skating and yeah, yeah well if we only play disco music no one would come you know so mm-hmm. so there, you always have yeah. to be in a constant uh, a constant position of making adjustments for your business uh, because if you don't you, you just don't say relevant and I learned from being on the front line working you know and I work with businesses all over the country but a lot of people have that attitude of, well, we've always done it this way. And yeah, when, when the money's rolling in and everything's mm-hmm. good, sure, you can do it that way. But, you know, with restaurants, diets change. People want higher quality food nowadays. Oh, for sure. You, know, yeah. so you have to make adjustments. You know, yeah. um, the, 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 the Tuesday crowd on whatever the special may be eventually will age out. You know, just like my kids on Friday night, they will age out and uh, they will eventually move on to something else. And you need to make sure you're appealing to the next generation. Um, well, the other thing too that I like about your business savvy is that it's not just, yeah, we're going to bring in games, but also like as a kid, I remember going to arcades or whatever, and you put the quarters across the top, but just the idea that I can see a lot of people going, yeah, that's how we're going to do it. And you're like, no, we're going to have the swipes so that that way people can swipe their cards and everything like that. Because it's not just about having the machine. It's about getting access to people, how they want to access it. Absolutely. Right people don't necessarily want to go to a change machine and get $5 and quarters anymore. Yeah. Convenience. Convenience is key. Uh, We live in a society of convenience and, you know, we love Amazon uh, and we'll pay more for an item on Amazon because of convenience, because of speed, you know? So part of the reason why Chick-fil-A is so successful, it's not because the food is just absolutely the best in the world. It is delicious, but it's the speed and it's the consistency. They want to, they want, they want it now and they want it in a timely manner. You yeah, know, I call it the J.G. Wentworth syndrome, yeah. right? It's the I want it and I want it now. Absolutely. Right? It's my money and I want it now. Yeah. We, I don't want to wait for it. I, I, I'll pay a little more if that means I get it right you now. Know, yeah. this, might, this might sound uh, uh, funny, but, you know, we hear about Amazon and Walmart timing their staff to, to perform certain tasks, to check people out of a certain item yeah. and stuff. That they, they need to have a certain quota in speed. Same thing, UPS and FedEx. You know, we actually do that at our skating rink. You know, we, we will count off customers and no matter sure. what the customer is ordering or if they're coming in the door or they're ordering from the, uh, the concession counter, we time the staff and we don't time them all the time, but we frequently will time them to see what the workflow is actually producing. And then we'll figure out, okay, can we combine buttons on a register? Can we, can we cut a step so they can get in quicker? And we're a smaller footprint skating rink because we're newer. So we have limited space. So before a customer has the opportunity to realize how small our building is, we want to absolutely impress them with our speed, with our cleanliness, with the convenience. So before they realize that we're not a 50,000 square foot facility, we're only a 13,000 square foot facility, we're able to get them in and happy and spending money. Yeah. They'd never know the difference. Uh, it's a smaller skating rink. Yes. I, I would be and curious new, to see. We also the, said newer. We, are, we are one of the smallest skating rinks in America. Um, uh, most skating rinks are 20,000 square feet. That's or more. insane. Yeah. Really? That's too much of a workout. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, most skating rinks have to have staff around their building because of the size of it, but we can, we can see our whole building from yeah, the front from counter, you, you know, so it's, huh. it's yeah. one of those things. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the skate rink, but, 
there is a lot of things you're doing outside of that. So let's touch on some of those, right? So you're a firefighter. Yes. What got you into that and why did you decide to go that route? So I'm a volunteer firefighter for the city of Alvin, um, uh, which has an outstanding fire department with 130 year history. Yeah. Um, we just opened a brand new station and we have three stations in town and just, just a wonderful group of individuals working hard for a community. And I, I think the fire department is a real testament of how amazing our community is. When you have 70 men and women that no matter what time of day, their pager will go off and they, no matter what they're doing, I mean, obviously they're, maybe they're at work or they're busy, but if they're at home, they will drop what they're doing and they will come at no matter what time it is to a fire station and run into a burning building for free. And it says a lot about our community whenever we have so many men and women that are willing to do it Mm -hmm. for free. Now there's a pension and there's some other benefits and you get to drive a fire truck and that's all cool. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, but it it says a lot about our community. And so, so I've been a firefighter for a couple of years now and uh, my uncle who I named my son after, uh, was a Houston firefighter for 36, 37 years. He was a district chief in Houston for a long time. And he was obviously one of my, uh, I guess, father figures growing up. And uh, it was always in the back of my mind. I always wanted to be a fireman, always wanted to be a, on that side of the caution tape. You know, maybe you call it adrenaline junkie, but it's, it's really more than that now. And of just, uh, well, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson. Uh, or no, no, it was Albert, Albert Einstein said, I would uh, try not to be successful but try to add value um, because success comes and mm-hmm. goes. Uh, I have this thing where I don't keep plaques or medals or awards for more than five years. And I mean it after five years, it goes in the trash. It goes in the trash um, because I just don't believe in, in focusing on the end result. And I believe it's about value and being mm-hmm. a fireman for me, I see the value that I provide for my community. Yeah. Um, I have been on very, very scary fire calls uh, inside some very scary buildings on fire and uh and we've put them out and we've put them out and and uh we recently had a a storage unit that was on fire and these were big storage units with with boats and rvs and big expensive items in it now i I don't disclose too much of the detail um, because we're not really allowed to but i I can tell you we got in there and we stopped that fire and this storage unit could have burned another hundred units probably millions of dollars in damage and and i take pride in knowing that we stopped that and it wasn't just me there were multiple other firefighters that working hard and actually other towns that were there helping us and uh you know stopping a fire in a bedroom and saving someone's family home to me is the ultimate trophy and prize that i'll never ever ever need because i I know when i lay down at the end of the night that i added value and i really really helped and and there's those sad stories and those those sad situations with major car accidents or drunk drivers and different things like that 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 make it hard to be a firefighter uh but uh i tell you it's it's a uh, it's an experience that i hope i never have to stop doing because it's so fun and it's just so uh such a gift that, that, that it provides me in terms of what I'm doing every day. And I love it. I just absolutely love it. Yeah. Right. And you can hear it in your voice. Yeah. I mean, sure. really. And what is your role with the, are you public information yes. officer? Yes. PIO? So, so I am, I have recently been appointed to the public uh, PIO. So public information officer for the, the volunteer department. It's been many years since we've had one, excuse me, <coughs> but, um, it's been many years since we've had one in the department. So I, I play that role in actively supporting the department, whether it be donations, whether it be just providing information. Hey, there's a, a traffic blockage here because of this incident or, hey, there's a there's a burn ban in effect. And I'll help them, you know, push that information out. But also one of my big roles as public information officer is to highlight the members. We have many 
well, our chief, for example, has been in the department for 45 years. Wow. Now, he wasn't the chief for the whole 45. So for, right. for many years, he was a volunteer working for free, as was our assistant chief, as many other 20-year members are. And it says a lot, you know, I've been in a couple of years. Oh, cool. Pat me on the back. That's great. But for somebody who has been in 20 years, you know, we're talking 10,000 fires and car yeah. accidents that they've worked for free, putting mm-hmm. their putting their body at risk for free. Yeah. You know, so so that's something that is just it's just too cool. And, and I absolutely love it. And uh, like I said, so so we do that with the fire department. You, you know, always encourage you, you know, anybody over the age of 18 to 55 years old can come and take the PT test and can participate. Uh, we're, we're always looking for volunteers and uh, we're actually approaching the spot where we may not be always looking for volunteers because, you know, me and my team and others in the department have recruited so well that we've <laughs> actually replenished our ranks to a point that we've never had this many people be volunteers. Nice. So in many communities, uh, volunteer departments are, are, are falling apart. They just cannot maintain yeah. their base. But in Alvin, we are hanging in there and being strong. And how many stations are there in Alvin? There are three. One off 1462. There's one uh, uh, right off the spur behind uh, uh, off a of business, I guess this is uh, Gordon, uh, business 35, and obviously at South Street and the 35, one, the yeah. brand new $15 million mm-hmm. fire station, yeah. which is a combination with our EMS and fire. So yeah. beautiful facility. Absolutely. Yeah, Go buy a tour it if you haven't. Yeah. I was there for the ribbon cutting and the mm-hmm. grand opening. It was amazing to see. And maybe we don't go down this rabbit hole, but I hear people complain about tax dollars for that. I go, Absolutely. Well, hold on. Well, and as, as public information officer, I have uh, those responses uh, loaded and ready yeah. to go, you know? So, so when someone complains about uh, taxes, you know, the government never in most people's minds does everything they should do, you know? So, sure. so, so they never move quick enough and they always spend too much money. That's what everybody says, you know, but it's a big job they have to take government moves slow, but yet those essential services have to move fast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from the volunteer side, our 70 volunteers saves the city of Alvin probably close to $4 million annually just in payroll and the insurances that you would have to carry to stock a 30-man or to staff a 30-man uh, and woman department. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a huge tax savings there. But the, the big building is not just a big building that costs a lot of money. It's also an emergency center that will hold or house essential services in the middle of a hurricane. Mm-hmm. It's the sturdiest building in the county currently. Um, you know, 150 mile an hour winds. So and it'll all that. be the OEM? It, it currently the the police station will still do that mostly because of the cost of relocating all that equipment sure um, but in the future it may be but, but, it, but it's also right around the corner yeah, it's not and far. the other thing is is that it's it's large enough to house a large amount of people in the event the police station just doesn't uh, uh hold yeah. enough people and the other thing is is that it's not just holding the fire department it's holding the fire marshals which are there for mm-hmm. it's holding the uh, EMS department and the dorms for the multiple staff oh, members yeah, on the EMS okay. that's 24 hours a day. Yep. You know, the fire department runs, you know, nearly a thousand calls annually, but the EMS, just our paramedics and, and basic EMTs, they run 6,000 calls a year. Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's a different requirement, you know? So, so those essential services have to be there and they, the, the building is also positioned for explosive growth, which we are expecting yep. in the future. Yeah. Um, not only that, it's in a good location. And I think that it's in a good location. So, building out a better facility there is yeah. a good idea not, versus not being restricted by a railroad track is important yeah. because, you know, yeah. we, we have routinely oh, sure. been stopped at the railroad tracks and that, you yeah. know, that can be life and death in those situations, you know, and at easy high, highway access is key mm-hmm. um, to a success for a business, to a success for an essential uh, operation like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, let, let's get a little bit into the social media, but before we do, 
uh, it probably bears mentioning that you were the owner of the frozen spoon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah, we had a, we had a frozen yogurt shop and I've had a few businesses over the years. Uh, you know, I come from a business uh, household, so, you know, entrepreneurship and things like that were always on my mind. Uh, I love what Gary V talks about uh, when he talks about being an Try to keep it clean though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. If you're yeah. going to quote. Well, <laughs> he always said, you know, you shouldn't have to call yourself an entrepreneur. Someone else will call you an yeah, entrepreneur. Correct. And uh, it's the same thing about success. You should never have to call yourself successful. Someone else will call you successful. Right. I, I tell my managers, I said, you won't, you won't need to be promoted to manager. All of your staff will put you in that position mm -hmm. um, because of your abilities. They will just start to give you responsibility. Um, or so expect things from you. Absolutely. That, that, absolutely yeah, because yeah. you're, you're a top producer and you're just making it happen, you know? Uh, but yeah, you know, I've had a few businesses over the years um, uh, and uh, the frozen spoon we had for six years and my lease was ending right as COVID was beginning. So you can call that a blessing for sure. For sure, sure. Um, So we were able to exit our lease in a, uh, a convenient manner. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and very blessed in that sense. Uh, so, so that was a, that was a fantastic business and I really, really enjoyed it. But I think, you know, frozen, frozen yogurt, ice cream, uh, desserts are always popular, but, but we have trends, you know, frozen yogurt was popular for many years, but scooped ice cream was popular before that. And post frozen yogurt rolled ice cream is very popular. Yeah. Now. And, uh, you know, the, there's always a new dessert theme, but, but, you know, that's a, that's a fun business that taught me a lot. I, I purchased equipment off Craigslist with only a couple of thousand dollars, uh, from, from a couple of partners in town. And we loaded a box truck and we opened 90 days later, you know, we didn't even yeah. know how to make yogurt and everything tasted like vanilla. Like every, <laughs> it was like, this is coconut. It tastes like vanilla. This is orange. It tastes like vanilla. You know, this, this is chocolate and eh, it still kind of tastes like vanilla, you know, no matter what we did. And uh, these, these very beat up Chinese made machines uh, that barely ran and always broke and they leaked like crazy. Um, it was a, it was a wild experience, but you you know, we came through that and, and I learned a lot about business and, uh, you know, it was a great experience and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah. And, and now we know that you're very active with social media. You do a lot with TikTok, you even do training for skating rinks and businesses and, uh, entertainment centers. Yeah. Family absolutely. entertainment centers. When um, you call it the right thing. Yeah. So because we hear this question a lot, why is social media important? Well, uh, as you said earlier, We've always done it this way. We've always done it this way. People, uh, businesses, especially with that mm -hmm. attitude. So um, my company is called First Run Solutions and we're a marketing agency. Uh, we do social media creation and posting for businesses, but we also do training for staff. As many businesses are uh, changing in sizes, sometimes you have a person within your organization that can take on those tasks of regularly posting and putting out content. But other times there are businesses mm -hmm. that maybe aren't the size or maybe everyone's already just so busy, they don't have that time either. You know, So um, social media matters, as simply as I can say this, social media matters because your customers are on social media everyone's on social media. Mm -hmm. So, so previously people said, uh, everyone, ha well, everyone had to have the internet. Everyone had to be on email. And if you, if you told a client 10 years ago, I don't have an email address, they would immediately, your credibility would drop and they would say, uh, what's yep. wrong with Why you? Why am I working with you? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it likewise, if you said you didn't have a mailbox 40 years ago, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or you weren't listed in the yellow pages. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you would just be like, why don't you want people to reach you? And that's, that's the reason. And I, I tell people all the time, I don't care about the newest app. I don't care about the newest feature or filter or funny thing that your face does. Like that's all, that's all on the surface. What really matters is that are my customers going to see me? 
uh, because a sign on the side of the highway just isn't enough. There's so much saturation. There's so many options. Uh, you know, you Texas people don't have to uh, uh, be dependent on just what's in their community. Most Texas people have no issue driving 45 minutes in any given direction. Yeah, to find none what whatsoever. They want, yeah. You know, and that's that's a that's a that's a unique thing to our state. But yes. where we are in Alvin, we're 30 minutes from the beach. We're 30 minutes from the big city. You know, the big city, Houston. Yeah. You know, 30, 30 minutes, minutes from the country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes from anything we want. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have what you want locally, you will go find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so social media, and I started my career with social media. And I was actually thinking about that last night before we came on. And so, so my career in social media started when I was in school. I was in a marketing class. And we were talking about the pros and cons of social media. And my instructors knew nothing about it. And, and neither did we because it was, you know, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. And... Well, I guess 15 years ago, I'd be in high school. So it was a, you know, 10 or 11 years ago. And Facebook was a becoming a more and more mainstream thing back then. And I had this great little PowerPoint about the pros and cons for social media. And we had a Chamber of Commerce luncheon. And I was an active member of the chamber 10 years ago. I was an ambassador. And uh, our speaker dropped out the morning of the luncheon. And I said, I just raised my hand and said, hey, I've got this great little PowerPoint about the <laughs> pros and cons of Facebook for business yeah. and that I did for my marketing class at University of Houston. And, and they were like, uh, okay. Uh, they were like, we know your mom. Uh, we you, you won't somebody. embarrass us. Yeah, yeah. So, so I got up there. Everyone ate, barely looked up off their table. And I gave this little speech about social media. And then afterwards, I had a couple of people that asked for business cards. And that began my social media consulting 10 years ago. So the same situation only a few months later happened at a small business convention that I went to. It was in Las Vegas. and I was 20 at the time and, uh, you know, not old enough to gamble. I'm just sitting around at the casino board and I hear chatter. Our speaker has dropped. He's got a stomach bug or he partied too, too much the night before in Las Vegas. Yeah. And I said, well, Hey, I just gave this great speech at a local <laughs> chamber of commerce that was a pros and cons of social media. And they said, uh, uh, who are you? Uh, okay. So this guy was supposed to speak, uh, two days, uh, an hour, one day and an hour. The oh next my day. gosh. Yeah. So I said, Hey, let me, let me talk. And you know what? Half the people cleared the room and didn't care about what I had to say, <laughs> but I talked for 45 minutes about social media and people asked again for, do you have a card? Are you, are, you know, do you do this professionally? And the next day it was standing room only in my talk. Um, uh, and it was really just a, a no bull approach to social media. And and I I always take the attitude of advertising is not necessary. Marketing is essential. You know, marketing is your product. You know, the story of a grandmother putting on skates for the first time in 30 years to help her grandson or granddaughter yeah, yeah. on how to skate. It's like connection. That's a memory that'll last a for lifetime. Sure. And that's, that's a piece of marketing that will last a lifetime. Yeah. So, so, you know, so we did that at a convention and then before I knew it, I was getting phone calls from people all over the U S Hey, we saw your talk. You were, you were awesome. And, and it was pretty basic. But at that point, that was when businesses really began to scramble to get on Facebook. And really, and then, you know, a couple of years later, they began to scramble to get on yeah. Instagram and now TikTok and so on, you know, so that's really morphed into a company. So like I said, first run solutions where, uh, and first run, obviously being a firefighter, that's, that's where that name sure. came from. But we, uh, we now have over 50 companies uh, that 
subscribe to us and, and pay monthly for us to create content for them. We have fire departments all over the country. We have real estate agencies, insurance offices, and then of course, many roller skating rinks, sure. nightclubs, entertainment centers, a lot on the East Coast. But literally I have clients in Delaware and I have clients in San Jose, California, you know, so, so we stay busy doing that. And that's a totally separate company with multiple employees that works that business. Um, uh, and it's morphed into something that's absolutely amazing. And I, I frequent many small business uh, conventions and uh, entertainment conferences, hospitality conferences as yeah. a speaker. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy well, it. Well, let me ask you this. I know you've got a you've got a lot of followers on TikTok. You're constantly doing stuff. You're constantly pushing something out. For those that were slow movers to get on Facebook, Instagram got to a billion users in half the time Facebook did. Mm-hmm. TikTok, I read the other day, got to a billion users in half the time that Instagram did. So for those new people that are, let's use the word hesitant Mm -hmm. to get on TikTok that are local businesses, why should they focus on TikTok or should they focus on well, TikTok? So, so TikTok is a global audience, okay? Uh, marketing your product locally is far more difficult on TikTok because it is not near as targeted, okay? So, so if you're trying to drive traffic today, tomorrow, this weekend for your business, uh, Facebook and Instagram are still huge value propositions for you. Uh, TikTok is in a state that we've talked about previously where five years ago, you were scrambling to get on Instagram. 10 years ago, you were scrambling to get on Facebook. That's where we are with TikTok and people are flooding TikTok very quickly. So there's still some serious organic reach opportunities on TikTok. And now I will say, excuse me, I I will say that uh, our skating rink is the number one skating rink on the app. We have 330,000 followers on TikTok. We recently, we we regularly go live uh, playing Angry Bird coin pushers and different games in our building. And we will have 20 plus thousand people that the population of our community yeah. uh, uh, tuning into our live streams to to see the most recent high scores and games that we play. And, and that is super humbling for sure. Uh, but but we were an early mover to TikTok. We saw the trend three years ago and we've yeah. been actively posting content for three years now. About a year in, we had a unexpected viral uh viral video, which I encourage you to go check Police it out officer. on TikTok. Uh, well, no, those actually were later. Uh, huh? we, we had uh, the saran wrap game that we played at our Christmas party with our staff oh, yeah, yeah. where they, they unwrap the uh, the money one. and coins and, and different items in saran wrap. And uh, that video got 40 million views over the course of only a few days. So, so we were literally at capacity when we were closed. We were having people from all over Texas drive down here because huh. they were influencers and they wanted to, to, to jump on the bandwagon per se. And yes, we've, we've highlighted some of our wonderful law enforcement officers over the years and some really funny TikToks. And we just, we show not what you would expect. If I said, Hey, what's skating rink marketing? You would probably create a, uh, after school pickup flyer or a Friday night team <laughs> yeah, right, flyer, right, yeah. but that's not what we show. We show behind the scenes, you know, we show behind yeah. the scenes. We, we, we picket customers that are a little too critical of certain things. You know, we make pizzas at, at speed and then we, you know, we play practical jokes on each other and uh, that's a lot of fun. And that has really been part of our success with TikTok. TikTok. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and I really, really enjoy it. And I think TikTok will be here to stay for, for many years to come. Yeah. The thing that the, the, I always think of is that it doesn't take itself too seriously for every one. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. Yeah. For every one serious video of like, this is why this is so important. Most of it is like you said, the behind the scenes. And I think that that's good because you get to see people living life. Real like, people. Yeah. 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 And if you walk into the Alvin skating party, you're going to run into them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that people 
are hypersensitive to advertising nowadays. You used to say, oh yeah, you know, how many, how many billboards did you pass on the way to work and how many do you remember? And it's the same concept when you're scrolling through your feed on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. You are seeing so many ads and so many emails every single day that your mind knows what real genuine content Absolutely. is. Absolutely. And yeah. people will go past the advertising. Yeah. Well, and I think just with your just with your podcast, you're, you know, creating community one cup at a time, you know. And I think that attitude of, oh, these are real people, locals in the area, it's far more interesting to listen to than, you know, this is uh, my quick sponsor for ExpressVPN. Squarespace. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and, and again... Which we're not endorsing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll consider sponsorship. No, uh, yeah. uh, but I, I think that... you we all saw that with YouTube and the vloggers and everyone, we had a lot of vloggers worldwide that, that, that skyrocketed to success because mm-hmm. they were showing you real people in the real world all the time. And now we are hypersensitive to those things and we know, Oh yeah, that's so made up or, you know, that, that prank is so fake, you know, and those things slowly, but surely will have to change or they, sure. will, they will yeah. pivot or they will lose. You'll you know? lose. Yeah. yeah. The sure. thing that always reminds me is, you know, obviously in doing marketing or even with the coffee shop and probably with the, skating rink and everything else you like i see the tons of ads for marketers i see tons of ads the algorithm like mm-hmm. tons of coffee stuff oh, yeah Get and it's constantly just, yeah it's just so frustrating because again it finds something that you search a lot and just drives it home over and over again you know and then that's the thing i like about tiktok although i'm like not Jake is not the TikTok guy. I'm not the TikTok guy. He just goes down yeah. rabbit holes watching stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, conspiracy theories. Yeah. But yeah. I do have a question for you regarding that before we close things up here. So I, I find it amusing that we've had people, we've even had people come to the coffee house and do TikToks. I'm amazed at what people are willing to put on TikTok about themselves that yeah. might be the most embarrassing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, while they're filming and they've got the phone in front of them, if somebody walks by, they get completely embarrassed that that person sees them doing it. Yeah. And my thought is, you're putting it out there for millions to potentially see. So where's that disconnect? Do you think that's the world that we've come to is that there's this imaginary screen that you feel like you're hidden behind when you're doing this? No, I think you're I think we have two identities. We have the real person identity and we have a digital identity. And I think you you are a little bit in the digital uh, identity whenever you're filming a video and then you're coming back down to earth for those real uh, interactions with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, with TikTok, one of the algorithm little tidbits is I, I don't know this to be exactly factual, but I've heard Facebook has, you know, 900 to 1,000 engineers working on their algorithm daily to make Facebook interesting to look at. I have heard that there is between 9,000 and 10,000 engineers working on TikTok algorithm. And part of the reason that it's so easy to lose track of time on TikTok is because the algorithm is so much more advanced uh, than what we see on other platforms in terms of keeping you engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the combination with anyone's marketing is we want to get engagement. We want to get maximum dollar value as, as long and as much as possible. And uh, yes, with TikTok, you can absolutely just swipe, 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 mm-hmm. and you can just stay there. But, but it's but tracking the moment you absolutely, swipe. Absolutely. Every second is, is noted. And uh, the amount of time you watch a video versus watching it and liking or commenting and so on and so on and so on. And that's why you see a good combination of new content and a good combination of your follower content. So, so with our skating rink, we try to rank on humor. We try to rank on genuine message. And, and you won't see 
the uh, come see us on Friday night TikTok. Really, what we're promoting that is we are cool. We are awesome. Look at all these people. Even though we're not open right now, the kids are at school. You wouldn't know the difference looking at our marketing because we're fun. Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And so, if people want to find you on Instagram and TikTok, you're Alvin Skate Party. Yep. And if you happen to still be on Facebook, it's Alvin Skate. Yeah, Alvin yep. Skate. You know, and we appreciate the like. If you've been to our facility before, leave us a five star review. If you have some pictures, send them our way. We're always trying to promote. Uh, past customers and past memories that have been there. You know, um, I definitely think that uh, success in one's business shows, can you step away from your business and your business not burn down while you're gone? But at the same time, we are selling a product, not just roller skates. You know, we're selling that product of memory and experience. Mm -hmm. And if we can, if we can establish that my skating rink can do just as much good as a police officer or a firefighter or a waterworks staff member or a teacher, because we could, we can create that positive memory that someone will want to have with their child years to go in the future. Yep. You know, it's a lot of fun and I really appreciate y'all inviting me. Sure. On today. Yeah, and absolutely. my marketing brain wants me to jump in and say, five-star review is great. If somebody wants to give you less than a five-star review, please don't do that. Contact the skate rink directly and let them try to make it right before you give a negative review. Because those negative reviews really do. Don't, don't, don't post a hateful comment on a, on a group online. Why don't you just give us a call? Yeah, exactly. Always call the business owner and talk to them and see if they can fix it. Cause generally speaking, they want to fix it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every Monday after a weekend, I call all of the, the biggest parties we've had. I call them and I reach out personally and I say, Hey, you know, what's going on? How was your event? Because that personal touch, matters that's why you see mattress mac at the front door when you walk mm-hmm. into gallery furniture and stuff like that you know uh but that personal touch matters but i can't uh one, one more thing to success with myself is you know i can't i can't thank my wife enough uh for being my my backbone and my support allowing me to do all the many things i'm a master juggler <laughs> yeah and it, it takes a lot of, i have two lovely children that you know i work hard for every day but my mother's support uh you know my family has been very supportive my brother always has been my bodyguard and uh you know my, my wife has always supported me and wherever we wanted to push towards so yeah. you know, i can't i can't thank them enough and you know so well, we wish you continued success. We know that you'll be successful yeah. in what you do. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Scott. If you are interested in sponsoring Creating Community, we'd love to talk to you. Our goal is to reach our community and let them know about great leaders and businesses that are helping to make it better. If you want to be a part of that, please email us at info at 1820marketing.com to start the conversation. We talk each week about our goal with this podcast, but we also want to mention that we produce podcasts for others. If you have an idea for a podcast and you'd like to discuss it, we'd be happy to schedule a meeting with you to discuss production options. You can email us at info at 1820marketing.com and let us know you heard about us on the podcast. Thank you to the Alvin Manville Area Chamber of Commerce and Emergence Functional Nutrition for your sponsorship. Learn more about them at alvinmanvillechamber.org and efn.fit. Creating Community with Dorian and Jake is produced by 1820 Marketing and is available wherever you get your podcast. Show notes and more are available at 1820marketing.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back next week with an all new episode.